Having adequate stability is very necessary to carry out any type of exercise or movement. I've talked about this before. Within the body, you need to have stability in the right places. You need to have a stable segment, typically the proximal segment or the area that's more central in your body. That needs to have adequate stability so that we can create that movement, we can move our extremities, we can generate force and do all of that in a safe manner. So for example, your core and your pelvis, that has to stay nice and stable in order for your hip muscles to act on your pelvis. In the upper extremity, your scapula needs to be really stable in order for your rotator cuff and your bigger muscles that cross your actual shoulder joint in order for them to work properly. So you always have this component of stability. Having adequate stability is extremely crucial to not only carry out movement safely, but also to carry it out as effectively and efficiently as possible and generate some force through those movements. We can take the same concept that's happening within our bodies and expand that out. So what happens when you start to introduce training on unstable surfaces? Things like bolster balls, fitness balls, Eric's pads, those foam pads, Dyna discs, anything that adds an external stimulus that's more unstable. What happens? How do we use that, incorporate that? And I'll share some of my experiences as to how I introduce some of these unstable surfaces into your training routine. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multi-dimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. For any of my new listeners, you're in the right place to hear about all of these topics dealing with how to optimize human performance. For all of my returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in for another episode. I appreciate all of the support. And if you haven't heard some of the past episodes, go check out the previous library of episodes on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Also be sure to check out my social media channels, my YouTube channel. Everything can be found at HNL Movement. And there's a lot of content that I put up there as well. On my YouTube channel, been trying to get more content out there, so working on that. Also check out some of the video highlight clips from the podcast. There's been many great guest interviews and you get to see some of the video clips that match the audio that you've been listening to. And lastly, if you're finding value, getting benefits from some of the podcast episodes or any of the other content, tag me on social media. I would love to hear how it's helping you. And if you have any feedback, thoughts, please let me know. I would love to interact and see how it's helping you. Also share all of this content that you find helpful with family, friends, coaches, colleagues, anyone that's looking to improve their performance and get some benefit from this content. So with all of that, let's jump into today's episode. And the topic is this idea of when, how, and what have I done in the past when I'm starting to introduce unstable surfaces into training routines? And let's start with what are we talking about? So first of all, unstable surfaces, doing exercises on things that are relatively unstable. So it changes that interaction between you and the surface that you're standing, sitting on, lying on, and it becomes a little bit more unstable. And what happens is when we introduce that instability into that exercise or that movement, you are going to have to find a way internally in your body to be adequately stable so that you can execute that same type of movement. So we're talking about things like bosu balls, 
fitness ball, Eric's pad, the foam pads, Dyna discs. And to a lesser degree, it's even doing an exercise standing. So you have to stabilize your core and a lot more stability requirements rather than sitting on a bench with a backrest, right? You're taking some of that external stability away and you're making your body have to adapt, create a little bit more stability on its own, and then you're gonna carry out an exercise. So that's what we're talking about is making the surface that you're interacting with less stable. And the first thing that I'll mention, this is pretty common sense, but there's this trade-off between stability and force production. Obviously, if I have you on a flat bench doing a bench press, you're going to be able to create that much more force just because you have that external stability helping you stabilize. And because of that, you're gonna be able to create a lot more force with your prime movers, your big muscles. That's going to be a lot higher force production than if I had you with your back on a fitness ball, right? An air-filled ball that is not going to be as externally stable. You are going to have to figure out how do I stabilize? And as a result, you're gonna still be working hard. It's going to feel difficult, feel hard, feel like you have more of these smaller muscles, the stabilizers working. But as a result, your absolute force output is going to have to drop because again, we introduce that unstable surface into that exercise. So because of that, that's the first point that I want to mention. As the stability of the surface starts to decrease, meaning that it's more unstable, then force production is going to decrease as well. Because of that, it might not provide the necessary stimulus that you're looking for, for hypertrophy or strength gain. So think about that. We're gonna be working a little differently. You are doing a lot of work though, but because the resistance is not going to remain as high if you're doing exercises on unstable surfaces, then you might not reach the stimulus that you need for these strength gains or hypertrophy adaptations. And like with anything, that's where you're choosing what the right balance of an unstable surface is. Because having something that's moderately unstable, you'll get some of that added muscle activation with these smaller muscles, these stabilizers, and you'll still be able to generate a good amount of force so that you might get some of those strength benefits again. The second thing that I wanna point out is to think about what are you training for? And I know I've said this in the past before, but what you're training for what you want to get out of these exercises and how you want to adapt, that is going to give you the biggest indicator if you should incorporate some of these exercises training on unstable surfaces. So what I wanna point out is that there are very few activities. It's less common that you are going to be moving or counteracting a stable load on an unstable surface. So think about this for a second. Think about the activities that you would perform on an unstable surface. And we are thinking of things that you are standing on something other than the ground. So typically skateboarding, surfing, skiing even, it's more unstable. The ground is softer, you're interacting with this relatively unstable surface as opposed to playing on a field or a court, which is way more stable. So there's not too many activities that you're actually having to tolerate and adapt to an unstable surface. There are way more activities that you're on a stable surface, meaning a field or a court, and you are having to deal with or figure out how to exert force or absorb force from an unstable load, meaning that an opponent is a good one. So something like football or soccer, when you make contact with an opponent, that's an unstable load, but you're on stable ground. 
And this can go on and on. A lot of times with functional activities, sports, we are dealing with being on the stable ground and then having to exert force, absorb force with a moving object, a moving person, an opponent, something in that regard. So because of that, take all of this into consideration and think, what is the benefits? How do I want to adapt from these types of training stimuli? And I think that will give you a lot of ideas as to what should you incorporate and how should you incorporate it. So let's move on to the second section. I want to talk about how have I used unstable surfaces and what types of things do I do with my athletes, of course, but for myself personally as well. And I'll be perfectly honest, I do not utilize unstable surfaces for training a whole lot. Again, what I just mentioned right before this, there are not too many athletes that actually perform the activity on unstable surfaces. So because of that, I don't use it that often or that frequently unless I'm dealing with an athlete that has to be on an unstable surface with their sport or their activity. Now I'm just going to talk about two big picture types of things just to introduce this to you, get you thinking as to what might work for you. So when do I usually incorporate more of these unstable surfaces in training in the big picture? So like your periodized training block throughout the year, let's say. I typically like to do more of this if I feel like you need more emphasis with those stabilizing muscles, core muscles, if you need to get more awareness or activation with that, and I'll typically incorporate these types of exercises outside of the strength block, your typical strength hypertrophy block, not when you're focusing on moving more loads. So typically when you're working on more muscular endurance, when you're working on tuning up certain things, when you're in the early off season a lot of times, and that can backtrack to even that end of the season when you're kind of focusing on allowing the body to recover when you're making sure you're addressing some of the weaknesses some of these stability issues that's typically when i like to use more of this if i see that it's fit for that individual really you can get creative with this i just don't like to use it if the goal from that training block or that cycle is going to be primarily to increase strength and move a lot of resistance now on a side note I would even utilize this more in a power phase, unstable surface training, like throwing that in the mix, because I think this is a good way to complement some of the explosive plyometric work that you're doing. And there's also been a few studies that have shown that incorporating unstable surface training have been shown to improve things like linear sprinting in soccer players. So it kind of shows you that this stability requirement, when you start to incorporate into the mix, it does have carryover into more explosive, faster velocity types of movements. And I think that makes sense if you think about program design too. A lot of times when you are working more on a power phase, you're typically, the volume is not very high. You're typically working with lighter resistances and loads and you're doing it very explosively. So because of that, you can easily incorporate some of these exercises in that power phase to really get that stability going, which will carry over and hopefully help you with some of the plyometric work, sprinting work and things like that. And the next thing that I want to talk about, so let's take that big picture and let's 
kind of hone in on something more specific. Let's look at when would I incorporate this like in single workout sessions, like exercise order when you're designing your individual workouts. So a lot of times I honestly like to use this because it's not going to be, to be super intense. It can even be like a warm up or right after your warm up, kind of like a way to get some potentiation, just muscle activation so that you can actually use these muscles through the rest of your workout. Of course, there's many other ways that you could probably use this, but in the past, that's how I've used it. Doing some balance, dynamic balance work on a BOSU ball, on an Eric's pad, getting your core warmed up on the fitness ball, doing some light weights here and there to just get your muscles moving, doing certain exercises on an unstable surface with some light weights to get a little warm up going, to get those stabilizers and those core muscles going, and then practicing certain movement patterns. So that's how I like to use this. I'm not big on making it like the primary exercise of the workout, but I'll utilize it kind of as a warm up tool. And that's how I've always liked to use kind of unstable surfaces. Again, there's always exceptions to the rule. So if you're working with an athlete primarily who is dealing with unstable surfaces, like something like surfing, then obviously that's going to change a little bit. You'll probably do different exercises on these unstable surfaces. But for the most part, I'm talking about my athletes that are field or court sport athletes. And a lot of times they're interacting with stable ground. So this is just a way to add to the mix and really target getting more activation in certain movement patterns in those stabilizers and those core muscles to actually be able to be effective at stabilizing so that it will help you in other types of movements and exercises. And again, I'm sure there's many other ways that people do use this, but that's just kind of my experience, what I've found that works for a lot of the athletes, what seems to add into the mix to help them not only move better, but help them get stronger, faster, and work towards their goals. So that's kind of the bottom line here. With everything, it's what is your goal? And if you're an athlete that is primarily playing on stable ground, field or court sports, then this is just another tool to help you gain that integrated stability through certain movements. And again, like I said, working on the activation pattern, working on these smaller muscles, core stability, as you're creating certain movement patterns. So if that's standing, doing dynamic balance, then you're getting that stability in this movement pattern. If you're doing some core work or some upper extremity work and you're sitting on a BOSU ball or in a different position on a BOSU ball, then again, it helps you to create some of this integrated stability that you might not be able to get with other types of exercises. And once you assess your goal, like I mentioned before, I use it pretty sparingly. Honestly, I don't do too much unstable surface training but maybe this will be another episode. What I do more of is training on stable surfaces, so just on the ground, but you having to interact and tolerate and figure out how to move with unstable loads. So that is something that I'm utilizing more, especially in recent times. So things like training with bands on the bar or weights that are unstable or training with aqua balls, aqua tubes, because water, again, it's dealing with this unstable stimulus as the load, not dealing with the unstable surface. So that's something to think about. I'll probably do another episode on that, but I think that is way more versatile, has way more movement adaptations that transfer to these field or court sports, because again, majority of the time you're interacting on a stable surface and you're having to deal with unstable types of loads. So that's something to think about. 
But overall, that's kind of how I utilize some of these training methods. And yes, I do have Bolsu balls, fitness balls, Eric's pads. I don't do anything super crazy. But again, try to take this information and see how can you apply this or incorporate it into your training routine because it might target certain deficits or dysfunctional areas in your training that you might need to address. And this might be a good tool that helps to complement everything else that you're doing. So other than that, that is all that I have for this episode. And again, whenever you have these types of new training tools, stimulus, concepts, strategies, try to see how does it fit into the mix with everything else that you're doing. And that is the way that you'll be best able to take this tool or this strategy and try to see where can I fit it in? And is it something that I need to do? Because not everything is going to work or fit perfectly into your training routine. So just think about what am I using this for? Feel it, experience it, and then you can see, is this something that I need to include? But overall, that is all that I have for today. I didn't say it at the beginning of the episode, but this is the first episode for 2023. So I hope everyone had a happy new year. I hope your year is off to a good start. And remember, don't do anything drastic or dramatic at the beginning of the year. Just keep building on what you did prior weeks and prior months. You don't wanna jump into something too quickly because that's usually what gets you in trouble. You're more at risk for injuries or just not progressing as fast as you could. So just keep doing everything gradually, even if it's the new year, and keep sticking to being consistent, trying to improve and learn along the way. Just trust the process. Other than that, 2023 is going to be a great year. So stay tuned for more podcast episodes, more content coming out on all of my social media channels and on YouTube. So you can go check out all of my accounts at HNL Movement. And if you have any questions or things that you would like me to cover in the future, please contact me on social media or you can email me at andrew at hnlmovement.com. Other than that, have a great rest of your week, everyone. And I release new episodes every Tuesday. So stay tuned, check back for that. And until then, keep training hard, train smart, take care of your health and your performance. Aloha.